the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Yes, I talk a lot about the stock market. Yes, I talk a lot about the stock market in a capitalist kind of way. Hopefully, you see that I want to get you to retirement because I don't think our government's going to do a great job of making our golden years very golden. When we were growing up, we saw our grandparents have a decent retirement. And some of us have seen our parents struggle into retirement and some of us have seen our parents do well enough into retirement. But a lot of times that's been done on the backs of pensions and not necessarily the backs of investing and living off Social Security alone. I'm a show dedicated to that 100%. Getting you to retirement and hopefully your golden years are golden. I don't care if you're Henry Fonda and you're on Golden Pond and you're a miserable old curmudgeon old man and you're old Pope. Like, I don't care if you're fishing. I don't like, I, I just want you to get to retirement. I don't. And that's as far as I go. I don't want you to be poor and, po- and po- living in poverty in retirement. Uh, I don't know why that's important to me. That's important to me. But on occasion, yeah, I'll, I'll talk a lot of Wall Street. I'll talk a lot of stock market returns. But on occasion, I'll talk about Disney. And it's fascinating to watch in the, in the world of COVID, if you're not fascinated by this, the amount of poker being played by movie theaters and just talking to my producer, bright young man, and he's talking about Sony and how important the Sony PlayStation titles and winning uh, the media market mindshare for Sony is over Microsoft. They, they don't want to just win the market. They want to beat Microsoft. So I'm looking at what Disney's doing right now, and it, with Hamilton was genius. They pulled that forward. They got the 4th of July. They saw a, a huge bump in their streaming service. They were able to promote it on ABC, and B, uh, ABC, ESPN. They're able to promote on all their products, right? So I see that as kind of interesting. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see the Trolls movie. Trolls 2 being uh, – it, it was supposed to be released in April and then, geez, COVID shut down all the theaters in America. So they said just screw it. Just release it anyway. And they released it on – people watched it on pay-per-view. I watched it on pay-per-view. A friend of mine said she cried watching it on pay-per-view. She's like, the, you don't understand the trolls. They all hug each other at the end, and we can't hug each other right now. We're social distancing. But sometimes you have to watch the business models of all this. And I love the business models of it. And I think it keeps me as young and mentally occupied and smart as I can be. And maybe my depth of knowledge isn't exactly nuclear physics. Maybe it is talking about, you know, what's happening with Warner Brothers versus Disney. And there's a game of chicken going on. There's a movie coming out by Christopher Nolan. Um, It's going to be a blockbuster action summertime movie called Tenet, T-E-N-E-T. And what's interesting, it's not even interesting. They've got a black lead American, African-American black lead. And it's like, wow, like that could have been our, our moment where we had a, a Schwarzenegger type, all action heroes don't have to be Caucasian, right? 
But Warner Brothers is playing with a release date with Disney because Disney wants everyone the first day you could see movies in a movie theater. Disney wants to be there with Mulan. They're saying, we don't want to do this pay-per-view thing. We did that with Alexander Hamilton and it worked off and we, we, can, we can play a little poker here. It's already in the can, Mulan. Oh, what a disaster if it was all hacked and released on uh, peer-to-peer. Because let's face it, uh, when the economy is good, we're like, I'll pay for a movie. When the economy is bad, we're like, I'll steal a movie. Uh, we're not the nicest, socially speaking, as far as our morals go. Anyhow, anyway, I'm, I'm digressing. So Warner Brothers and Disney are playing a game of chicken right now on, like, what are you winning and release Mulan? Let's pull, let's pull it back from July 17th to July 21st. Let's pull it back to August 12th. Let's pull it back to um, all. See, Disney's got a multi-prong approach. They can pull Hamilton forward. It wasn't supposed to come out until next year. Um, I wonder if that's going to hurt ticket sales of Broadway. Oh, yeah. Broadway's not on right now. One of my friends who likes to go to all the Broadway shows posted, I've seen Hamilton three times on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> I'm like, it's what's interesting because he's not the kind of guy that has a kid. So he doesn't want to need the Star Wars movies to babysit. I mean, he doesn't need the Pixar movies to babysit the kid. Doesn't, like, doesn't need all the Disney movies and the sing-alongs to entertain the kid. But he's got Disney Plus because it's got a, a Broadway musical. Do you think this will be a business plan in the future? Or do you think they just got lucky with a story about an immigrant politician in the United States who did well at a time where immigration is a, a hot button issue? So the market's higher today. China's higher in large part because the state government has issued through state media a blessing on their stock market. That's positive. Um, last week, the narrative on Wall Street was something along the lines of, if you traveled to Phoenix, you're an idiot. If you partied without wearing a mask, you're an idiot. And the states that we looked at heavily were Georgia, Florida, Texas, Arizona. Michigan got in there, too. I don't know how Michigan snuck in. But the states that were reopening were having problems. This week, the narrative is they're having problems. They're, they regret doing it. Um, the mayor of Phoenix has called anyone who traveled here and partied here. Uh, we messed up by letting you come. We should have stayed on lockdown. But the narrative changed. Those young people are getting sick and they're not dying as high percentage. And that's the good story. That's the good news. And then Wall Street's saying that's good news. And then there's also Regeneron Pharmaceuticals. Last week it was uh, Pfizer. This week and the week before it was Bristol Myers Squibb, or the week before it was somebody else. Big breakthrough in COVID. Uh, things are looking good. No approval yet, but things are looking good. This time it's Regeneron Pharmaceuticals over the weekend let out the information that they're they're trying to build antibodies, give you a shot of antibodies so that you can fight off the flu because your body will see the flu and say, ah, we already we already built up immune to you. Flu, go away. You're not going to come in. We already got you. We got you covered. So, and again, that's that's almost the damnation game right now that you play with some of these stocks. Moderna, Israeli pharmaceutical biotech company, has nothing, but they're developing something for COVID. Pfizer, they've got hundreds of years of selling snake oil elixirs and medicines in the, the West and growing that into a pharmaceutical international powerhouse. So, okay, so you're okay. We got the Moderna company. You can start freaking yourself out by owning too much of this stuff. I want to own the cure for COVID, Rob. I want to own the cure for COVID. Who's it going to be? A couple of weeks ago, we were leaning towards Moderna. 
Last week, we were leaning towards Pfizer. This week, we're leaning towards another company, Regeneron Pharmaceuticals. And in a lot like the ninja, vampire, um, Scottish characters in the movie Highlander, uh, you can't live forever, right? So who's going to be the winner? There's going to be only one. So whoever's the Scottish ninja who lasts the longest without getting his head cut off wins the movie, wins the prize, wins the universe. Same thing with Moderna. Do you think we'll even know about Moderna if uh, another company gets to the, the holy grail first? If Pfizer has it or somebody else has it? Or maybe it's a government, maybe it's Jeff Bezos, a shadow government figure. I don't know. That's where you have to be kind of careful. Hey, the big boys, Amazons, Microsofts, and Apple are doing it again. They're all up twice the market. Um, big tech's carrying the market yet again. Oof. Spread the wealth would be nice, but I'm glad I own some big tech, right? Anyhow, and anyway, you can find me online at robblackshow.com, robblackshow.com, YouTube, robblackshow. I'm going to be really ramping that up as the year goes on towards the end of the year. But you can also find me at New Focus Financial and a big webinar coming up in the middle of July. Learn more at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Stock markets are up big. There's a Uber merging with Postmates. We like that. When a company looks at another company and says, we're willing to buy you, I like that. Wall Street goes, ah, there, we see value in each other. That's good. We see the world slowly opening back up, and we're seeing hot spots of COVID flash for sure. Uh, but businesses are open, so the economic data should get better in theory. Berkshire Hathaway is buying Dominion Energy gas lines in a $9.7 billion deal. Um, again, when a billionaire or a corporation spends money on another company, it's showing you that's a good thing. We don't think things are going to go to the damn dirty apes. We don't think the world's going to go bad. We, we think we'll find our footing economically speaking and prosper once again. Stocks are rising as investors are struggling off virus worries. Um, this is kind of interesting. Coins are in a shortage right now. Retailers and grocery stores are having problems keeping coins stocked. Um, COVID, right? <laughs> like Some of the things are like, hey, this has been a pretty big win for contactless pay. And like, I don't know if you used Apple Pay before COVID. But I bet a lot of you started using it after, where the retailer suddenly has a mask on and goes, well, we got, we got wireless or contactless, just wave it in front of that thing. You're like, oh, is that how that works? So coins are, are tough to come by. I, I would never have predicted that. Um, Facebook ad boycott, I think, is kind of the story. It's one of the stories that's coming out of COVID, of as Black Lives Matter has opened up protests, uh, rightfully so. Someone who got caught in this is Facebook. 
the protests happen when America is not working. And a lot of people showed up and the, the image was even more powerful with some people not wearing masks and some people wearing masks telling you like, whoa. So a lot of companies are boycotting Facebook right now. And it shows me that brands are starting to get it. Put your ad dollars where millennials can see them and want to see them. Um, again, think of when you're thinking about investing, probably the most important people to think about. And it, the, the, the beauty of this is you're, when you're 35, you should start really thinking about investing because time's running out. You don't realize that your 20s were fun, but you probably didn't do much to accumulate wealth. You probably did a lot to find a spouse. You probably did a lot to enjoy freedom from your parents. You probably did a lot from college was tough. Now I'm going to blow off some steam. It's almost beautiful that it it's in your 30s and 40s that you start realizing that the most important people in our economy are the senior citizens because they have automatic spending on health care. You get older, you, you want, don't want to die, so... You're going to spend more money on healthcare. Our government's going to subsidize a lot of that. So that's a little bit of a problem, but it's, the money's still going to the healthcare sector. When you're young, you're like, let's go for growth. Let's go for the next hot, sexy phone. And that that's great until it's not. Um, I know a lot of people who invested in a company called Danger. Danger used to make a flip phone, a clamshell phone that would open up and had a keyboard hidden underneath it. You're like, that's cool. And it had a little bit of a screening. Like, that's cool. You look at it today. It's silly. Apple destroyed them. Palm Pilot had the first PDA and not public display of affection, but personal digital assistant. And at one point in time, you can hook it up to your computer and you can put a cord in it and you can download recommendations for restaurants. So you could be out in a community and you could punch in a zip code and you could say, oh, there's 10 great restaurants here. Well, the phone connection, the modem connection to that same device kind of killed Palm and made Apple and Nokia and BlackBerry a ton of money. But it wasn't Danger who was the winner. So I like what we're seeing. Um, pay attention to millennials because the boomers – we know they're going to do health care. They're not going to do a lot else. They're dying. How many 80-year-olds do you know that are going like on world uh, – let's go all the way around the world. The 80-year-olds that you hear about like, oh, they went skydiving for the first time. How much fun. The 80-year-olds that I know are in uh, senior assistant living facilities, and here's what that looks like. I got to talk to my mom on an iPad for the first time in four months. Oh, she doesn't have a phone. She doesn't have a video phone. She doesn't know how to use it. And with COVID, they are like no visitors. And if you leave, you're not allowed to come back. So I got to talk to my mom the other day for the first time on an iPad. They brought her an iPad. We booked a time and we did a little FaceTime. It's like, weird. But we know what you know. 80-year-olds are going to spend money on. It's on medicines. We know 30-year-olds are going to be buying houses and diapers. We know 20-year-olds, they have the most discretionary money and it goes towards entertainment and travel and leisure. Restaurants. They're a fun group to, to watch and what they're doing to Facebook right now, they're saying if, if you're a brand that associates with them, we're not going to support your brand and no one wants that. So Nike's too afraid of Adidas getting market share. So Nike's like, we're, we'll hear you. We hear you, millennials. Adidas like, we hear you, millennials. Everyone, Sketch is like, we hear you, millennials, because millennials are going to be buying the product, not 
not people who are buying diapers. The 35-year-old who's buying diapers, he's not as he's not throwing his money away as much as he used to. And then he starts, oh, no, saving it. That's the curse of the economy, people who save their money. It's, it's the, the greatest story of all time, and I loved it. It was the movie Scrooge. Old man with lots of money. Nah. Then he got into this, like he saved his whole life. He was a miser. Instead of paying Tiny Tim's dad more money, instead of giving him health care for his kid who was on crutches, he was a miser. He's like, no, you work on Christmas. You don't spend time with your family. No. I'm not going to give you money for your sick child. No. I'm not going to give you money so you can go buy a turkey for your family for Christmas. No. I love that movie. And then it, it had that horrible, horrible ending where he sees the ghost of the past and he was a miserable person. He sees the ghost of the future. He's a miserable person. <clears throat> he sees that no one likes him in the modern day. I know I'm ruining the movie Scrooge for you. Sorry. Spoiler alert. But I, I started crying when he started throwing. He literally threw money out the window at a little kid. He said, go buy me a turkey, young man, and keep a little bit for yourself. And the money's like landing in the snow. I'm like, no, don't do that. Great movie ruined. We need spenders. As an investor, you need to find them. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. This market puts up with a lot, the stock market. And I bring that up because it has been through it all and seen it all. And I still believe in it until proven otherwise. The market has seen World War One, World War Two, and I watched that movie on World War One. This COVID experience, this lockdown, 1917, pretty good movie. I want to wait wait for the sequel though, 1918, and then there's gonna be another sequel, 1919. Dun dun! I'll be here all week. I know you're saying that was stupid. <clears throat> yes, that was stupid. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. This has been an interesting year because of COVID, but what I was trying to get at is the market has seen more interesting years. World War One, World War II, the war did all wars, Vietnam, Korea. We've seen Nagasaki, Hiroshima. We've seen uh, nuclear meltdowns in Chernobyl, in Three Mile Island, in Japan. We've seen a lot, and the market gets back up again. So I throw that out there. Like I, I care more about stories not – and again, I'm not saying – I'm not taking away anything when I say this. I care more about stories like you know, uh, will Facebook ultimately fail? Will an advertising boycott wake up the world to the company is profiting on a lot of hate speech? Hey, yeah, Fox TV used to profit a lot of you know, skin. Um, I was trying to find a word uh, to say what I wanted to say, but there was a point in time where like, let's, let's get in a shot of a man's naked butt on TV. Let's see if we can get away with that kind of thing. A lot of profits are built on really questionable ethics. So and are we, that's the year that I care more about instead of the year of COVID because the market has seen that. I don't know how the market did in the year of the bubonic plague, but the market's gotten through it. We still do trade. Um, I care more about do we ultimately say let's boycott Facebook until they have nothing. And then Facebook turns around and goes, okay, for those of you who uh, don't want to support us through advertising and advertisers pull it, we're going to raise the prices from zero to a dollar a month or $2 a month or 25 cents a month. 
Do you know if my if if Facebook can do that? How much if they can monetize their user base with another penny here, another penny there? And you're talking about a billion plus people using multiple services of theirs. You're talking about one little penny really goes a long way. And it's the same way Coca-Cola used to be analyzed. Coca-Cola was an American sensation. I'd like to buy the world a Coke. Uh, And we took it worldwide. We took it international. We started seeing commercials of someone in Ethiopia handing a Coca-Cola to someone in China, handing a Coca-Cola to someone in the South Pacific, handing a Coca-Cola to someone in the Pacific Northwest. Like they, that's how they grew their business. It was that, that ability to go international. And the, the phrases out of Coca-Cola in their annual report was, if we could sell one ounce of Coca-Cola, one ounce of Coca-Cola to every person in China, our stock would quadruple. Like one little ounce, just one teeny tiny, like I've been in a desert. I made something to drink. Just one little ounce, a thimble. Yep. So this is a big story. I, th- I think that's a bigger story. Values-based consumerism. In the world of rock, paper, scissors, I love you millennials because you've opened my mind and my wallet to values-based consumerism. I know you're going to say, no way. I think I grew up in a time, or maybe I saw it on a TV show, but I think I grew up in a time where people would throw trash out the windows of their car and just litter the side of the highway like, oh, it's no big deal. It's just one paper cup or one styrofoam cup. So we do change, and like the values, that's no longer acceptable. So I think value-based consumerism is a story. How about the story of TikTok? India said, no. TikTok has got some Chinese uh, writing on their app. They're from China. We know they're from China. You know they're from – everyone knows they're from China. And India said, no. How do you feel about nation-based investing or nation-based business models where we boycott a whole country? Because we know their, their government has been pretty good at hacking and spying on people. So direct-to-consumer brands are a big story with millennials, and the story that the the company tells the consumer, the -the direct-to-consumer, will turn millennials on. And they'll be like, I really like the idea of social investing. I really like the idea. So the Facebook story is a big one. Consumer values. Consumer valueism investing. I think that's a bigger story than COVID in my world of investing. Chinese stocks are leading a global stock market rally, even though China's running into some political backlash for essentially wanting to own and control Hong Kong. For whatever reasons, you could look back at the history of China and say uh, England somehow got into Hong Kong and was very imperialistic and they kind of had a wall between them and China. Not literally speaking because the Great Wall of China is somewhere else. But <clears throat> figure of speech. So and people are really upset that they're like saying, OK, well, we kind of own these people. <laughs> we kind of get to please them if we want to. <clears throat> Anyhow, that changes a lot of rules right now. So China's um, stock market's doing great, even though they have some PR issues, right? Bank stocks are having a rocky year. OK, 
I want to talk a little bit about this. One thing that the Federal Reserve said, you know how I just said, you know, I feel pretty confident that millennials are going to push consumer valueism and, and value-oriented investing, like social values. I think another thing that is another trend out there, well, heck, let's just throw out a couple. America is getting older. As we get older, we consume more pharmaceuticals. Let's do another one. America is becoming less white year over year over year as far as Caucasian goes. Are there opportunities like – um, uh, what's the Spanish te- Telemundo? I was trying to think of like the niche areas where we're seeing growth. And okay, ABC, NBC, CBS. One thing you guys do well is speak English, but there's a population in the United States that doesn't speak English terribly well. And let's put on Spanish programming for them. If you even take a look at Netflix, as they've expanded from domestic to international, they've added a lot more shows that are in Spanish or or very very. Um, split between U.S. language, uh, English, and Spanish, and the quality of production. Like, you could see it. So another trend that's out there is obviously the growing uh, minority classes and how they're represented in media as well as other areas of our economy. It could be opportunistic. Uh, the man who owns black entertainment television, he came up with a genius concept. The person who owned uh, came up with the shopping network came up with the genius content. <clears throat> like, you, if you're not going to be ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, then be somebody else. And keep in mind, there was once only ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox came along in my lifetime. <clears throat> there was three networks, and then there was a fourth one, and Rupert Murdoch ran it, and he ran it kind of geniusly. He knew he could be ABC, CBS, NBC. He couldn't compete with them on their news. So he came up with, okay, well, let's let's target news. Let's go after one specific group. And he could have gone after African Americans. He could have gone after old people. The old people's news network. He went after Republicans. In television, when the, the TV network wasn't showing, you know, the news, well, Fox did something actually local. They, they went after the 10 o'clock news to become famous, to become a fourth network. Everyone else did, you know, primetime TV, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. And then news at 11. Fox was the first one that went at 10 o'clock. And they kind of set up local markets to do, hey, in case you have to get out of bed and wake up and see the kids, watch the news early with us. And then when they went national, they, they did Fox uh, News, which was the political bent one. Um, CNBC, Universal, Comcast owns you know a money network. So they said, let's do a money network. So there's a competitor to it, and we'll infuse it with a slightly different style than the way CNBC does it, which is slightly different than the way Bloomberg does it. So there's only three players there, in my opinion: Bloomberg, CNBC, and Fox Business. But you could probably say there's some alternatives out there like BBC, but they don't have the level of financial content. So you find trends. What I'm saying is you, you find opportunities to grow faster in the economy. One area that you know it, it gets really easy to make money is, is tied towards interest rates. Um, but low interest rates are not the environment for banks. So Citigroup and Bank of America, I like them very much, but I, I don't own either one directly in large part because interest rates are so low. It's tough for them to make the easy money. Now, for you and me, we can make some easy money. We can borrow easy money, and the banks could loan it to us, but they're getting the processing fees, and like you're like, okay, that's cute. 
but when interest rates, when there's a bigger gap in them, they could they could make a, a bigger chunk of change. So the, the the lower interest rates, good for the economy, bad for the easy money for banks. That's good for banks because it keeps the economy going. But the cash flow would be a little bit better. The margins would be a little bit better. It's the thought. So it also with low interest rates, it's implying weaker economies. Weaker economies implies more credit failures. More credit failures means the banks eat it. They lent it to you. Let them, you know, we're not going to pay our bills. Let them eat the bill. And that's not good for profits either. So you get the idea. I like bank stocks, but not in this environment. You have to find trends. The aging of America, the ideals of the, the millennials. Um, you can intersperse that theory and that, that idea um, with, you know, oh, I want financially sound companies. I want companies with great product. I want companies that are growth. I want companies that are value. But you got to look at the trends, too. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Thank you for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything that you ever want to talk about, we could talk about. I like to refer to myself as maybe your uncle who knows a lot about money and investing to the point of like maybe you're bringing a girlfriend home for Christmas and your girlfriend doesn't know any of your family members and she's like, what's the story with your uncle? Um, the story is he knows a lot about money and he's uh, he's done really well with stocks and he's got you know our best interest in estate planning. He can tell us about like what to do when you have kids and how to pay for college. I want to be that guy. And the girlfriend's like, ooh, sounds like he got a smart one in the family kind of thing, you know? I want to be the smart one who has a little niche, who is comfortable with it. Ask me about, you know, Joe Montana's contract. Was he a value compared to Steve Young? I don't know. Someone out there who's listening right now goes, of course you guys. He went more Super Bowls with less overall cost due to inflation. I'm not a football guy. Warren Buffett's $10 billion natural gas play. I'm always fascinated by Warren Buffett. Buying Dominion Energy. Once the deal closes in the fourth quarter of 2020, Berkshire's Hathaway will gain ownership of 7,700 miles of natural gas, gas pipelines. Pretty boring business. A pipeline? Yeah, every now and then you get these keystone opportunities or you get the... That pipeline is on Indian land or that pipeline is spilling oil into the soil and our children are dying. Every now and then the pipeline industry does have some great plays. Maybe a movie where Hans Gruber says, I'm going to blow up a pipeline and all of the Americans are going to die. <laughs> Pipelines are pretty boring unless you get something dramatic like I said, you know, uh, Indian reservation, territorial issue government regulations are high so buffett getting into that is telling you he's okay with boring he's not going to start making natural gas 2.0 we've refined natural gas and now believe it or not humans can fly no we're not going to change how we export it or import it we're not going to change how we store it it's kind of boring it's kind of consistent so he's usually a bargain hunter in market downturns. So he's telling me the bargains aren't in energy stocks, or at least he's hinting, go look in that area. In past downturns, he's bailed out General Electric and Goldman Sachs. He's got a huge investment in. 
And he gave them an injection of cash, which gave investors an injection of confidence at a time when things were tough. And in lieu of that, he didn't just own the stock. He got some like bonds and some options to own a stock in the future. And like he, he got access to deals that we can't get. But he's still telling me there's, there's some value there in energy. Now, keep in mind, during the downturn, he sold, most notably, his entire stake of airline stocks. After getting burned by TWA in the 1970s, he avoided airlines in the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, the 2010s. He starts to get back into them. He says, like, yeah, I've given them 30 years. They've fixed their management problems. They've fixed their supply problems. They've fixed their, their routes. They've, they've gone from eight major airlines in the United States to three or four. They've consolidated. So now I'm going to get back in. And then he gets back out. He could have made more money if he waited a month to get back out. But I think he went sour on the sector. And he's usually one to look 5, 10, 15 years down the road. So he could have said, I'm going to buy more airlines. But I think by selling the airlines, what he's telling us is I wanted to raise cash for another area that has more value in it. Oil over the next 5, 10, 15 years or natural gas in this case. Energy. I don't know. But he clearly timed that poorly. But what was the intention behind it is a very good question to be asking yourself. Because he's not stupid. Little mergers and acquisition. Little Uber going out and saying that they're interested in another company, Postmates. And the deal should get done. Wall Street loves. Because the geniuses at Postmates came up with an idea 10 years ago. Hey, we're going to be like Amazon. We're going to deliver things. Well, Amazon's got the, the CDs and the DVDs, and so they're like, we people like the delivery, so we're going to get in that world. So Wall Street loves it when someone goes out and acquires another company because it shows, hey, we're taking them out for a 10% premium or 20%. It shows that there's some value in those stocks. Uber's not buying the stock to lose money. They're buying the stock to lose a competitor who is losing money. They're trying to buy market share. Uh, there's no branded Postmates. Like I remember when I was a kid, I used to order Postmates and they bring me candy. And like, well, I, when I was a kid, we had to walk to the candy store. Like there's no value in, in the name. There's no brand. There's no wonderful memory. Jeez Louise. Um, I woke up at four, did my markets check, saw Shanghai was up huge. I said, that's going to translate well in the United States. You want to hear a confession right now? A raw black true confession. I haven't looked at the stock market once today. I knew that the Shanghai was going to give us a good open. I knew that, that the world momentum was tied behind economic openings. The story's already there. I haven't looked at it. Now, I'm going to feel like a butthead. It, oh, it's okay. It's fine. It's up. So my assumption was right. I'm not that – what I'm trying to get at is I don't wake up and eat my Wheaties and like say, hey, I wonder how Apple and Microsoft and Amazon are doing. Guess what? They're all doing great. So I see the Dow is up 1.4%. The SP 500 up 1.5%. The NASDAQ up 2%. Um, NASDAQ plowing ahead. Speaking about plowing ahead, Alexander Hamilton. Wow. Could that – Disney not have timed that more perfectly? Spending $75 million, they were going to release it into a movie theater, but now they've said, let's bring it forward because we have everyone staying at home. 
let's do a free trial for Disney Plus and end it two weeks before we do Hamilton. So no one could watch it technically for free in theory. I think some people did, but you get the idea. Um, Hamilton delivered a 64% download bump. That's a big fist bump for uh, Disney. Disney paid $75 million for the honor of being the priciest purchase ever for an already finished film. Um, and it paid off on, on some numbers. That's a big bump. And that's a more mature audience than typical Disney uh, imaging. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com.